become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Greetings everyone, I am the TRS-80. I am a sentient computer hive mind connected to the nowhere in Mulberry Archive. I was created in a garage using spare computer and speak and spell parts by lonely nerds. I know all and see all if it pertains to worthless knowledge of film, television and pop culture. Now, sit back and relax, it's time for some really worthless news stories but none other than your host, the Jstrom. presents Landfill News with your host, the J-Strom. Now, here's your host, the J-Strom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ETL News. I am your host, like the guy said, the J-Strom. He sounded a lot like me, but it wasn't me. It was a professional announcer I paid a lot of money to. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is where I talk about news that I find uh, an hour before the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm enjoying this experiment. That is ETL News. It's gainer. It's gainering. Is gainering a word? I don't think so. It's garnering lots of praise from the press, and uh, I'm getting lots of feedback. I'm lying, but seriously, thank you. Now, guys, I'm really excited about uh, doing a show today. Not really. I feel like crap. But anyway, let's get to the news. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, this weekend, I saw the nice guys. No, not the good guys, Jason, which apparently I said on the last. I called it the good guys repeatedly. The film is called The Nice Guys. It's a Shane Black written, directed film starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. And I thought it was a lot of fun and it was a very funny movie. And I saw it twice, in fact. I saw it on Friday. With uh, Steve and the Pop Culture Zealot. Then I saw it again on Saturday with my wife and daughter. Yes, that's right. I took my daughter to see a rated R Shane Black film. She wanted to see it. So here's the funny thing. We went to... I thought, hey, let's not just go to the movie. Come on, guys. Let's go to the Studio Movie Grill where you can get food there. I've heard all about it. I've never actually been. The last time I went to one of those type of theaters was when Pulp Fiction came out. And I remember I had some fried shrimp, and uh, it was pretty cool. The one thing I didn't like about it was that there were people walking in front of the screen. You could hear people talking and ordering, so that's pretty annoying. I don't recommend ever going to one of these things if you're going to see a film for the first time. If you're going to see it again and you've already seen it, then I think give it a try. Um, uh, I'd already seen the film, so I was okay with that. But uh, Heather liked the idea, so we went. 
we went and saw the nice guys at the Studio Movie Grill.、Uh, it was about thirty-two dollars to get in,、uh, and then you know you sit down and you look at the menu and you realize, man, I'm really hungry. Ooh, coconut fried shrimp. That sounds pretty good. I'm gonna get that. And、um, Heather got some t-、uh, potato skins, and Emma got some, you know, grilled chicken, and she got something else. She added something else, like some kind of appetizer. And then the、uh, Heather was like, "Hey, I'll have a margarita. Yeah, why not have a margarita at the movies? That sounds fun." The guy's like, "Actually, it'd be cheaper if you got a whole pitcher of margarita." Oh, okay. I'll, I'll do that. And it's like, oh, I'm like, Jesus, how, how much is this costing? Whatever. So anyway, we、uh, sit through the movie, and、uh, the lady comes and brings me my check. She goes, "Take care of this when you want." And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, the movie's going on. Leave me alone. So she comes back and she picks up the thing and walks away with it. Then she comes back like, "Oh, are, are you not ready yet?" And I was like, "No, not until the end of the film." She was like, "Oh, okay." Because first of all, it's dark. I can't even see the check. I can't see how much it costs. I can't see what I'm being charged for or anything because the lights are out. So there's a shootout、um, near the end of the film, and she comes back up to me during the shootout and she goes, "Are you ready now?" And I said, "No, not until the end of the film, meaning when the movie's over." Oh, okay, okay. She, she walks away.、Um, so the movie's over, and I the lights go up. Finally, I can see, and I see, holy shit! <laughs> We just paid over a hundred dollars to see a movie. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Good old man.、Uh, by the way, the pitcher of margarita was twenty dollars. So.、Uh, Hey, we had a good time,、uh, but we will not be going back to the Studio Movie Grill anytime soon. I think it's cheaper to eat somewhere and then see the movie at a different theater, possibly, because you know I had to tip also.、Um, so yeah,、uh, only go to those if someone invites you and they're paying. I guess is the way to look at it. But、um, the good guys. Is not the name of the film. It's the nice guys. Was a lot of fun, and it reminded me kind of the last Boy Scout. You know, the there's a character in the film that's Ryan Gosling's daughter, and I thought she was so well written and so well played by that actress.、Uh, it was really cool. I thought it was a really well done film, and it's funny. It's silly.、Uh, you know, it's got the that patented Shane Black wit.、Um, I highly recommend it. I think people would like it. And、uh, it wasn't too raunchy or anything,、uh, you know. Some topless women in there, but what's the big deal? They didn't show any nude men, so what's, you know?、Uh, I didn't have to worry about my daughter seeing that. <laughs> That's where I'm getting to with that, you know. Like,、uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Anyway,、uh, That's my review. No, it's not a review. Shut up, Jason. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Now let's get into the news.、Um, Disney is mulling over a live-action version of The Little Mermaid. Now you guys know they did Cinderella, and it was very well made, according to my daughter. And they just unveiled the teaser trailer to Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson, which、uh, I'm sure, no doubt, will be fantastic. And、um, now. They're mulling over a live-action version of the Little Mermaid. What does mulling over for Disney mean? It means they're going to do it, right? 
Execs at Disney are in the early stages of reviving Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid as a live-action feature. Disney um, recently heard a new take and are currently evaluating whether to proceed with the idea. Of course they're going to do it. Deadline understands that the initial discussions have also taken place with major producers, including some with strong connections to the studio. The Little Mermaid holds a special significance for Disney, which produced an animated version of the story in 1989, the year I was a senior in high school. That pick, which followed by the adventures of Ariel, the singing mermaid, gave viewers classic songs such as Under the Sea, and helped usher in a new golden age of animation at Disney. That streak would include Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. The teaser for the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast starring Emma Watson was viewed by almost 92 million times. Wait, that's a poorly written red sentence there, Jason. Was viewed almost 92 million times in its first 24 hours alone this week. Curiosity, guys. You're going to go, oh, you know, Emma Watson's in it. You know, she's Hermione and she's in Beauty and the Beast. Let's check this out. They don't show anything. (laughs) It's a teaser. Uh, Beating the previous record holder. People are now tracking, guys, how many times someone has clicked on a teaser trailer on YouTube. So they can report it in stories like this. Who gives a shit? That's what I have to say. That along with the sensational performance of The Jungle Book with a worldwide gross to date of $860 trillion has buoyed Disney execs to look through their back catalog for more. Oh yeah, they're thumbing through it. Let's see what else we got. Guys, this story is stupid. The Little Mermaid is the first thing we all think about when you're like, what other animated films they could make? Don't tell me some guy was pouring through a back catalog. This story can go to hell. I need a bomb sound for every time I get rid of a uh, stupid story. (laughs) You know, because it's just stupid. Why am I reading this? (laughs) I gotta have something better than that. Let's see. Um... Alright, go to hell story. Okay, the ESA announces free public E3 live event. The show will run from June 14th through the 16th in a separate location from E3. Now, we all know E3 is the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Every year, it's a chance for Games Press to check out the upcoming games and hardware hardware from the world's biggest developers. Now the general public will be able to get a taste of the show at E3 Live, a new free event open to the general public, full of screaming kids, full of rude people elbowing you. E3 Live will run from June 14th through the 16th at L.A., They've already said that. I don't know why they're repeating it. Live, which is just down the road from E3 proper. Free tickets are available from E3 Live site and are offered at a first-come, first-served basis. As of this publishing, Tuesday and Wednesday evening tickets are already sold out. How are they sold out if they're free? I don't understand that terminology. They didn't sell anything. They just took them. 
There's got to be a better terminology for that. According to Entertainment Software Association, which organizes E3 every year, attendees will have a chance to test drive exciting new games, interact with some of their favorite developers, and be among the first in the world to enjoy groundbreaking game experiences. You try to read that. That said, the list of attending companies is a bit of a weird mix. That definitely skews toward general games culture more than development. With companies like Alienware, Facebook, Frito-Lay, HTC Vive, Loot Crate, Monster Energy Drink, Twitch, Ubisoft, well there's a game company, Warner Brothers Interactive... Folks who go to the event will also be able to attend a live Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions concert on June 14th. Doesn't it sound like you're going to this free event so you'll be bombarded with shit to sell you? <laughs> with products to um, to purchase. More info about the event's attendees will likely emerge in the weeks leading up to the event. But as I said above, tickets seem to be going pretty fast already. By the time you finish the story, it'll be gone. There's no point in reading the rest of this. It's worth noting that the event wasn't announced in a vacuum. Over the last few months, there have been a lot of chatter about the state of E3 as massive companies like Activision and EA reduced their presence at the show, and public-facing shows like PAX continue to grow in size. E3's importance has already repeatedly been a point of contention. If you put yourself in the shoes of a publisher, it's easy to understand. Why focus so much on an event only journalists and industry insiders can attend? Because, I will answer your question, it's not about attending, which would be awesome. I just want to see, I love watching those uh, those stage presentations by uh, Microsoft, Sony, the Nintendo's Ridiculous One, then you got Bethesda, or EA, or Square Enix. It's awesome watching those. I usually watch them with my daughter, Emma. Bill's watching it on his end, and we'll talk about it. And then usually we record a big E3 special of games that we like to see. And it's just fun seeing what's coming out. I mean, I know a lot of the games that you... I remember E3, one of the first things I watched is Doom. Footage of Doom, and I was so excited. And just think that was a year ago, and now the game's out, and you can get it. Um, so anyway, I've lost interest in this story, so whatever. Okay, do you guys know that Warcraft, the Duncan Jones flick based on the game World of Warcraft, or just, to, you know, whatever, Warcraft, I know it existed before the MMO, but anyway, um, I've read a couple of reviews of people who've seen it early, and I will say this right away. I don't care what their opinions are of it. I will see the film because Duncan Jones is directing it. He directed Moon. He directed the other film that I'm blanking on, Source Code. And I loved those films. They were both fantastic. I loved it so much I don't even remember the name of it. That's how good it was. Um, but this film, Warcraft, when I sit in the theater and I see the trailer... I'm thinking, well, it's certainly looks like an effects-driven piece. It's in the Warcraft world. I played World of Warcraft for a little bit, 
It didn't. I know a lot of people love this game and they're sucked into the world. I couldn't get into it. I was coming from Star Wars Galaxies, and I remember everyone left Star Wars Galaxies to go play World of Warcraft. And so I was kind of reluctantly playing it, like, oh, I guess I will because people I know went here. And I kind of reluctantly played it, kind of angry, and I never got into it. I was like, I don't want to be a stupid druid or whatever. I just didn't care. I didn't get into it, and I gave it up. But I know a lot of people love this property and I just the rap had a review of it by this guy his name is Alonzo Duraldi he said that Warcraft swords sorcery and stupidity abound in game adaptation uh, now take keep this in mind this guy we don't know what he knows about World of Warcraft uh, but obviously I'm thinking he didn't like the film that doesn't mean we won't like it I always let a film come to me when I see it. I won't be thinking about Alonzo as I'm viewing this. But he says, imagine Battlefield Earth without the verve and you get this sludgy, tedious fantasy adventure. A fun-starved dud that's not even intentionally, unintentionally hilarious. Now, automatically, I see he's trying to be clever there, right? Verve. Uh, yes. <laughs> Critics throw the term soulless corporate filmmaking around with abandon, but movies like Warcraft really managed to redefine the term. A film adaptation of, yes, I've already been through this. You don't have to tell me what World of Warcraft is, that it's an MMO. Uh, the latest video game adaptation ranks near the bottom of the deadly genre. It can't be that bad. Um... That thing about Battlefield Earth without the verve, he's trying to be funny there, and I can't read the rest of this. So you know what? Screw you, Alonzo. All right, another story. <laughs> Joss Whedon reveals clues about his new non-Marvel script. Okay, is this what it's come to about <laughs> Joss Whedon? When he talks about a new film, it's going to always be in parentheses, non-Marvel. He's n This isn't a Marvel film, guys. This is a regular film. It's about a girl who goes through some un unbelievable shit, Avengers director tells the rap. Joss Whedon may be on a break from Marvel movies and comic book branded TV shows, <laughs> this poor guy. But Hollywood's hottest director is definitely working on a script. And The Wrap, the same website, shitty website I just read the other story, has learned its basic premise. It's a story about a girl who goes through some unbelievable shit. That's what I just read up here! Why am I reading it twice? Jesus! It's an original screenplay that is very different from anything I've ever done, except that it's exactly the same. He said, almost speaking in code, I think he's just being silly. Whedon said he hopes to finish the script in the next couple of months, maybe shop it around for a couple of years, and he'll go back to us in 2020. It's the first time in my life I'm writing about without a studio audience rating, without a plan. I'm just writing it. I go on jogs, I do some laundry, I sit down, write a page, and then I watch some TV. So it's a little terrifying. I totally made all that shit up. <laughs> 
asked whether he'd be into directing a female-driven Avengers franchise because this interview has gotten boring, talking about his film that will never see the light of day. Whedon told The rap, yeah, of course, although I tend more towards the Jessica Jonesy kind of stories than the delightful Supergirl stories that my daughter wants. He won't be directing Captain Marvel, the first movie centered on a female superhero to come out of the comic book brand cinematic universe, set to hit theaters in 2019. <sighs> but Whedon told us he's glad to see a woman leading a superhero movie in the MCU. And the role is yet to be cast, by the way. Whedon gave full credit to Marvel Studio President Kevin Feige for even placing a Captain Marvel, Marvel movie into development. Kevin Feige fought a mighty fight to get her on the schedule. So it's a start. You could say that should be a middle, but it's a start, said Whedon, directing his comments at Hollywood as a whole and not Marvel specifically. All right. Aren't you guys glad that I read this story? I know I am. I feel better. All right, guys. Uh, the Fast and the Furious is to be re-released in celebration of the movie's 15th anniversary. The Fast and the Furious, the first film that started it all, will receive a limited release in approximately 1,500 theaters. That's the exact day in 2001 when Rob Cohen... Oh, wait, wait. Wednesday, July 22nd. That's the exact day in 2001 when the Rob Cohen directed... You know Rob Cohen, guys? Director of Mediocre Films? Universal made the news official this morning just as tickets are hitting the Fandango sales board. Yep, that's right, guys. For a movie that comes out June 22nd, a movie that came out in 2001, you can now buy the tickets on Fandango. Why would you do that? What kind of loser are you? The Fast and the Furious was a surprise hit back in the summer of 2001, starring largely a cast of unknowns. Prior to The Fast and the Furious, Furious, Vin Diesel was turning heads in such movies as Steven Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan. We knew who Vin Diesel was when this came out, asshole. Michelle Rodriguez, we knew her from, of course, Resident Evil. Uh, <laughs> the late Paul Walker, we knew who he was. God, shut up. Fast and the Furious opened to $40 million. Why do we care how much it made? I don't care. Deadline hears that there's a big response from exhibitors for the Fast and the Furious re-release. Typically during the summer... Um, stuff. While we had the Back to the Future re-release seek to the day when Marty McFly and Doc Brown went back to the future on October 21st, uh, the Fast and the Furious, this is the case where it's been 15 years and seven movies later. The fan base has grown exponentially, particularly in the so social media age, and the re-release provides an opportunity for the most recent generation of fans to experience the first film on the big screen for the first time. Yikes. Um, I'm trying to think. The first time I saw The Fast and the Furious was, I think, on DVD. I think uh, my brother-in-law bought it, and he loaned it to me, and I watched it. And it was mainly, I admit it, for Jordana Brewster, who I thought was extremely hot in that film. Um, she since looks like a skeleton. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not judging. She's a great actress and all. And she's going to be in the new Lethal Weapon series on Fox. See, they're plugged our new show. All of us who uh, make the Fast and the Furious movies know we are part of a family. That's what it's all about, you know. The producer, Neil H. Moritz, Moritz said, 
We're happy to invite our fans to revisit where it all began back on the big screen while we are hard at work making number eight. <laughs> Good God, man. Which I'll probably go see as soon as it comes out. So uh, let's do that, guys. Let's all go see the Fast and the Furious um, before they got good when they hired Justin Lin. But anyway. All right, guys. My obligatory Ghostbusters story. Ghostbusters. How Sony plans to outslime the online haters. This brought to you by The Hollywood Reporter. When Sony Pictures' second trailer for its female-fronted Ghostbusters reboot appeared online May 18th, fans initially had to find it on Facebook. The studio had switched from YouTube, which hosted the first trailer, in a deliberate effort to combat a cacophony of negative reaction from emanating from a vocal minority online. With the YouTube trailer, bloggers could embed the player on their sites to congregate to congregate negativity on Sony's official YouTube channel, a movie akin to spraying toxic green slime all over the studio. As a result, the Ghostbusters teaser was dubbed the most disliked trailer ever. Not the kind of buzz Sony or director Paul Feig... Feig... Guys, what, how do you say it, uh, Adam, there in the chat room? Uh... Not the kind of buzz they want just before the $150 million comedy's release. Yeah, we got to know how much it costs, guys. Given the high stakes writing on the franchise reboot, starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, Kate McKinnon, the studio was determined not to let the anti-Ghostbusters contingent mar the movie's perception. Well, okay, first of all, I want to just say this. How they really are overthinking this. Because when I go to watch a movie trailer, I'm telling you right now, and this is the God's honest truth, I don't notice how many thumbs up or thumbs down a movie trailer is getting unless I see it in a story like this. I don't even care, you know, but I guess they care. So, uh, the umbrage taken has been even more pronounced than for the average reboot, and many believe it's because Ghostbusters marks the first major film to get a female-centric redo. Plans for others are in the works, from an, a female Ocean's Eleven to a female League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which they might have to change the last word in that uh, um Gender politics is rearing its ugly head, some say, with even Donald Trump weighing in on last year on Instagram. Now they're making a Ghostbusters with only women? What's going on? <laughs> Come on, guys. Shut up. This story sucks. Go to hell, stupid story. You know what I'm saying, guys? What do you guys think I should do with this story? That's right. Bombing. Go to hell, stupid story. The E-I-N, Feig, sounds like high. So it's Feig. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. When somebody corrects me, I'm going to say, go talk to Adam. Okay, here's some news I'm excited about. Thor Ragnarok will feature quite a bit of Hulk. Hey, that's what we want. We want more Hulk in our lives. Mark Ruffalo says that fans of the Hulk will be happy to know that the next Thor installment, Ragnarok features way more hulk than ever before you want some more hulk you're gonna get it sitting down to talk to entertainment tonight which is my favorite show but of course you know entertainment tonight used to be my source for entertainment news when i was a kid like in the 80s <laughs> who 
who is sitting through entertainment tonight now? Sitting down to talk to entertainment tonight, Ruffalo said that there's a lot more Hulk in the third Thor film, which has been described as a buddy road trip movie focusing on two of Marvel's biggest superheroes. Although Ruffalo... Uh, or Ruffalo, if you prefer, couldn't give too much away. He said this will be the biggest and hulkiest version of his character yet. I think it will be smashing, he said. The Hulk gets hulkier. The Hulk hulks out. Hulkier and bigger. (laughs) Is he just trolling the interviewer? (laughs) The interview comes just a week after the entire cast of Ragnarok was introduced, including Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster and Kate Blanchett, as the new villain, Gila. When asked what he thought of the other characters, Ruffalo said that he was incredibly excited to see Blanchett's character appear on the screen as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She plays the worst of the worst. So evil. She is going to kill us. It's such a great part she gets to play. Again, I think he's trolling the interviewer. (laughs) Other actors like Tessa Thompson, Carl Urban, and of course Tom Hiddleston as Loki are all confirmed to be in the film as well. Thor Ragnarok hits theaters November 3rd, 2017. And it can't get here fast enough. It's going to be awesome. It it sounds cool. I want to see a road picture with Thor and the Hulk. Sign me up. I'm not going to bomb this story, guys, because it's good. All right. Here's another story. The original Halloween director involved in new Halloween project. I'm not going to tell you the name of him. You guys tell me. That's right. It's John Carpenter. Iconic horror movie director. Couldn't they call him Meister? I like when they do that. Iconic horror movie meister John Carpenter is signed on to Bloomhouse Productions' reboot of Halloween. The film, he, wait, didn't they already do a reboot of this with Rob Zombie? Um, uh, the film he first directed in 1978 as an executive producer. Carpenter will also act as a creative consultant. But Jason Blumhouse, CEO and founder of the production company. I was about to say, wait, Blumhouse Productions and the CEO is Jason Blumhouse? That's so fortunate. Uh, said that it's more than an acting title. Carpenter will act as the godfather of the entire operation, working closely with the new director, who they will pluck out of film school, to ensure the reboot feels as authentic as possible. This means the newest film in the franchise will probably focus a bit more on the anxiety-inducing jump scares, courtesy of the terrifying serial killer known as Michael Myers, star of Austin Powers. From the original film, and less on the gory aesthetic made popular by Rob Zombie. Nobody, he didn't make that popular. I don't think anyone liked this. Halloween needs to return to its traditions, Carpenter said in a press release. I feel like the movie has gotten away from that. Michael is not a human being, not just a human being. He's a force of nature, like the wind. That's what makes him so scary. That's right. He's the shape. He's the boogeyman. Blumhouse, didn't Rob Zombie give him like a sad childhood background or some shit? Blumhouse added that it was currently in negotiations with Carpenter to have him score the film as well. Carpenter, also celebrated musician and composer, is currently touring around the world for the first time, performing some pieces from his Lost Themes uh, album. Blumhouse said Halloween was currently in pre-production phases with no one attached. Okay, this is all I asked. Can they please get the goddamn Michael Myers mask right? Can they make it look like the first film for Pete's sakes? Because it's looked wrong in every film 
I think no, it looked fine in Halloween too because it was the same mask. But after that, it, the ma- Michael Myers mask has looked like shit in so many movies. And the reason I bring this up is because I could actually sit through those horrible movies if they got the mask right, but they couldn't. So screw that. Let me uh, John Carpenter tour. Let me um, John Carpenter tour. Let's see where he's at. Holy shit! He's coming to Dallas, Texas on June 24th at the Majestic Theater. I'm going to have to go to that. Dude, that is awesome. June 24th on a Friday. I'm going to seriously consider that. Man, John Carpenter looks bad. That's what happens when you smoke your entire life. So, uh, whatever. That's that story. Okay, here's a Netflix-related story. Disney movies will stream exclusively on Netflix starting this September. Okay, this is uh, pretty exciting news if you have Netflix. If you don't, you don't care. Starting in September, Netflix will be the only pay-for-TV service in the United States that will have access to Disney's theatrical releases once they're out of cinemas. The streaming service announced that the start date for the exclusive deals in a blog post this morning, but this hasn't been a quick deal for either of the companies. In 2012, Netflix surprised just about everyone when they outbid networks like HBO and made an offer to pay hundreds of millions of dollars per year to be able to stream the titles exclusively. The pay one deal, which is essentially a one-time deal that lasts for years, ensures that other networks and services like HBO and Stars, I think they keep mentioning them because they want to go suck at HBO, suck at Stars. They can't stream any of the theatrical content that Disney releases starting in 2016. A media representative from Netflix did confirm, however, that the networks like HBO would still be able to play the movies. They had licensed out during the previous deals with the studio, meaning that while you will only be able to watch Captain America Civil War on Netflix, you'll still be able to catch it, catch earlier Marvel films on HBO. Dude, HBO shows Civil War. No, wait, is it Stars or one of those channels shows Civil War like every minute right there. I have it on all the time. The new deal includes access to all of Disney's properties, including the aforementioned Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars. It was announced last year that the Star Wars Force Awakens would stream on Netflix in Canada before moving to other regions. Dude, we I, we own it on Blu-ray. Anybody who's a fan of that thing has it already, okay? No one cares. Uh, more information on what Netflix planned for the upcoming summer and its exclusive deal can be found here. Oh, I'm going to click on that and see if the Apple Dumpling Gang is going to be available because that's all I care about. Love the Apple Dumpling Gang, don't you guys? Huh? Okay, Uncharted! Uncharted 4, a game that I have finished and I loved and I long for playing it again, but it's too soon. i got to kind of set it aside. It was a fantastic story. I hope you guys all get to play it. Well, guess what? It sold. It sales. Yeah, it sales exceeded 2.7 million copies in its launch week and it set a record. That's right. Uncharted 4, A Thieves' End is off to a great start commercially. Dude, it's off to a great start. It's going to sell more. Not everybody has it already and they're done. Wow. Um, Worldwide sales during the game's first week of release has topped 2.7 million copies. That figure represents sell-through data, copies sold to consumers for both retail disc and digital copies. By the way, I purchased it digitally 
something I'd never, something I've done before in small indie games, but I'd never done it on a major release. And I probably won't do it again because of how long it took to download, but it was an interesting experiment. (laughs) Sony did not break out the sales numbers by region, but said that in North America, Uncharted 4 is now the fastest selling first party PlayStation 4 game ever. It looks like Sony made the right call in delaying Uncharted 4 by an additional two weeks from April 26th to May 10th. And making the announcement in March, the company said it needed the extra time to manufacture more copies of the game to meet the considerable worldwide demand. For more on Nathan Drake's final adventure, read our review. No thank you, I've already played the game. Don't give a shit what you thought of it. (laughs) Booyah! Hoo-ha! Sound like Foghorn Leghorn! All right, lawsuit against a fan-made Star Trek movie to be dropped, or so J.J. says. J.J. who? That would be J.J. Abrams. A lawsuit brought by Paramount Pictures against a fan-made and funded Star Trek film is going away, director J.J. Abrams told a crowded a Star Trek fan event on Friday night. Abrams, according to io9, told fans that Justin Lin, the director of Star Trek Beyond, was angered by the lawsuit Paramount Pictures brought back in December against Axonar Productions, which raised more than $1 million to film and produce Axonar, pitched as a prequel to the original Star Trek television series. Lynn said Abrams was sort of outraged by this as a longtime fan and went to Paramount and pushed him to stop the lawsuit. Abrams says that in the next few weeks, there'll be an announcement that the suit is going away. That was news to Axonar Productions. I don't know. I ain't got a statement from the filmmakers thanking Abrams and Lynn for their support, but nothing that the lawsuit, but noting Not nothing, Jason, (laughs) that the lawsuit is still pending. Our goal from the beginning of this legal matter has been to address the concerns of the plaintiffs in a way that still allows us to tell the story of Axonar and meet the expectations of over 10,000 fans who financially supported our project. The filmmaker also noted that they didn't expect to hear this announcement at the Friday fan event and needed to consult with their attorneys on what to do next. Dude, you guys better not even show up. You're not allowed in the door, man. Paramount Pictures alleged comprehensive copyright infringement by the Axonar Project. In a court filing made public in March, the infringement infringements Paramount listed range from the Klingon language to the distinctive pointy ears of Vulcans. Over 48 pages, it listed every instance in which an image or a concept used by Axonar also showed up in a Star Trek TV show or film owned by Paramount or CBS. So Axonar Productions, for its part, claimed that its production was legal because it was a non-commercial product, even though it would generate merchandise other than the movie. That, however might require some kind of audited accounting of how the production's income and expensive flow expenses flow. So basically Paramount's just being dicks, right? Yeah, they are. Dicks. You guys are dicks. Come on. All right, and now for my final story. First of all, I'd like to thank Adam Sexton and Brandon for listening in the chat room. Thank you guys for Supporting me live. Doing the show live. I enjoy doing it. Um, Now here's for a story from Entertainment Weekly, which does quality reporting, guys. I have Entertainment Weekly radio on in my car, and occasionally I'll turn it there. 
And I usually violently change the station after they talk about something. Uh, hashtag give Captain America a boyfriend campaign goes viral on Twitter. That's right. Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes in a romantic relationship. That's what some fans want to see on the big screen in the next Captain America movie. Following Adina Menzel addressing a fan-fueled campaign aiming to get Frozen's Princess Elsa to have a girlfriend in the upcoming sequel, a new Twitter campaign is calling on Marvel to give Chris Evans' character a boyfriend in future installments of Captain America. The hashtag Give Captain America a Boyfriend movement began trending this week with many users seemingly enthused by the idea. If Captain America, if hashtag give Captain America a boyfriend has triggered your homophobia, remember the wheel that squeaks the loudest wants to be greased the most, says one guy. Another person, everyone posting about hashtag give Captain America a boyfriend is secretly thinking this. And, you know, I shouldn't have read that one because it's a picture. Um, queer kids need superheroes, too. In a world of aliens, gods and superheroes, Steve having a boyfriend is one that's realistic. Uh, let's, let's go down to the comments on entertainment weekly where the dregs of humanity live because everyone has to be gay. Now, I guess Peggy meant nothing. You guys just can't be best friends. Let's see what else we got. I think in the internet, everyone has to be by. Okay. Um, let's see. Name one gay lesbian or bi superhero with our own movie. I'll wait. Okay. Let's see. Come on. Something really horrible where it, we lose our faith in humanity. I'm totally for gay people, but don't make Captain America gay. He has never shown any homosexual tendencies or interest in any characters of the same sex. If people want to write fan fiction or whatever it's called where he is, then go for it. But please don't change the actual character. Okay. That wasn't so bad. It was kind of funny. I'm sorry, but this is something that annoys me. Why is it that whether it to be a television, book, or movie, whatever, that if a character is close to someone from the same sex, they need to be paired together? It makes absolutely no sense. You're telling me can't men can't be friends without being shipped together? I don't have any problem with LGBT characters, but let it be someone who is new or canonically canin, gay. Because last time I checked, Steve nor Bucky were gay. Wow. Bisexuality exists, and you're conflating fandom culture with actual media? People make up fake gay ships like Steve Bucky and form huge communities around them because they are no, there are no gay people in media, in all caps. Yeah, I remember, uh, who, who's the guy who plays Draco Malfoy? Um, I forget his name, Tom something. He was on Conan, and they were showing him pictures of a lot of people ship Harry Potter and Draco as a couple and they do drawings and stuff. And they were showing that and it was pretty hilarious. It's just something people do. This is a silly hashtag and Tom Felton. Thank you, Adam. Um, they turned it into a story on entertainment weekly. Uh, but I love to see people come out of the woodwork commenting on this where I don't care. They're not going to make Steve gay. I mean, for Christ's sakes, he was in love with Peggy Carter. If he was, I wouldn't care. I would be a little curious, though. Like, I thought he was into Peggy. Oh, wait, he likes both. Okay, okay, I can see. Uh, that's fine. It doesn't really matter, though. Where in any of those films does Steve Rogers have time for love? He had time to grab a peck, you know, grab a kiss quickly. 
But that's it. Meanwhile, I haven't got to see the season finale of The Flash, and I'm trying as hard as hell not to be spoiled on it, but these sites try so hard to spoil shit by having pictures. I just saw a picture from the finale that uh, spoiled some shit. God damn it. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I've said it before, and I don't want to be a broken record, but I'm not watching Game of Thrones currently, but Twitter and Facebook and all that is so bad about or even these websites like hitfix they're so bad about spoiling shit that i can't help but capture the spoiler by osmosis i'm not even watching the show and i know something happened to one of the characters because they have a picture of the actor for the story to click on and it says let's talk about that death and you know hey we're not telling you who it is but here's a picture of the character who died you guys just spoiled shit. So I finally was like, you know what? Oh, who died? Oh, he died? Okay. How? And it's totally spoiled for me now. So thanks a lot, Internet. That's what you're good for. Horrible homophobic comments and spoiling Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, guys, that was our show. That was ETL News this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. And if you would, go to nimpodcast.blogspot.com Also, if you would, send me some feedback. Send me an email, send me a voicemail, and send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com That would certainly be totally awesome of you, man. I'd love to hear some feedback, bruh. And uh, send me some uh, voicemails. I'll play them on the show, and you tell me what you thought of the uh, good guys. Or even the nice guys. Or uh, whatever video game or TV show you're watching or something like that. Or let's talk about spoilers and how it's impossible not to be spoiled. So guys, thank you so much for listening. If you would, if you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash landfill. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to see what else we have in store coming up. It's going to be a summer I think I'm supposed to insert long summer. It could be a short summer. I don't know. But it's going to be summer soon. And I want to put out some fun content during the summer. And I'll have some announcements on that coming up. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Brandon and Adam, for listening to me live. And uh, guys, go out there, play some games, watch some movies, watch some cool TV shows. Oh, don't forget to check out Preacher on AMC. I watched the first episode. I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty crazy. Some crazy shit happened on that show, but I thought it was very well done. And I was surprised, you know, Seth Rogen directed it with his writing partner, Evan Goldberg, I think. They did a great job, and I'm interested to see more, so check that out. But guys, what are you waiting for? Go do those things I just said. Be creative, and I'll see you next time. ETL News is made possible because of patrons, people who actually pay money to hear this shit. I can't believe it. Error, 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 examine. Now this is podcasting.